Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phillips to Charteris to Falatau. By Zarzewski on the 22. This is fixed! He's gonna score a try! He's all set then. Christmas and that. Not quite. A few more bits to go. Presents or wrapping and whatnot? Presents, a few more presents to get. My wrapping consists of. Putting him in a plastic bag, really, but I've got, I've got to up that. It's like the bomb squads out of go at it. Oh, it's disastrous. That's it's you really buy, bad. You want to buy presents that come in boxes? You know, I mean, a nice rectangular box is the key. You can get. I can even make an error on that. Mm. You oh, can, I can. Yeah, I, you can get I people that wrap much. it. I mean, yeah, wrap it for you. Well, like in in stores. In stores, yeah. 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 I've actually got. <laughs> I got someone in the office that does it. I, yeah, I used to. Um, Loves wrapping. I used to get my sister to do it, so I'd wrap her present and she'd wrap all the others. But I would have a bargain with her that she got a better present than everyone else as a result. So it was like a bit of a. It's not that. If it trade-off. works, it works. Oh, yeah, she was, she was quite happy with it. it. Worked for years, but top negotiating that. I know. Yeah, you got you got to grow up a bit now, haven't you? We uh, we were at a wedding all day yesterday as well in the West Midlands in Warwickshire. So we went up and back in the day. Which is about a two hour drive each way. So it was. Uh, it's good going. Yeah, it was all right. It's. Uh, yeah, horrible weather, but the traffic was all right. So it's not too bad. And then today I was like, right, catch up with the rugby first thing. Bang. Dragons win. Early Christmas present. Couldn't have asked for more, particularly in the last minute when Sam Davis has missed a, yeah, a absolute of the- sitter of a. Which must have just been nerves, that one. I was surprised that he missed it. Yeah. But it was probably... Pretty regulation kick, wasn't it? Like, you, you think I'd no harder than the other ones he'd slotted all day. Was it deserved, that penalty? Which one? The one that he missed. I can't remember what was it for. Was it marginal offside? Yeah, it was a little bit of a tough call, I thought. But... Do you know what? I did think, actually, <laughs> and I might get slaughtered by Dragons fans for this, I thought Whitehouse gave us quite a few of the 50-50 calls, but... 
I don't, you know, it's not often that, it's not often that happens to us and I don't care because there probably were some that, that didn't go our way, but I just noticed a few and thought, mm, yeah, that's a little bit, uh, that's a little bit, that's a little bit close for, a little bit close for comfort. So, yeah, I don't know, I, a, li- a little bit lucky with those. And then to, to actually have the, have the stones to stack up, to stack it up and yeah, slot that one over. After missing that kick, that would have been running his mind would have been scrambled yeah. and the conditions, everything mm. about it, that was real nerves, real composure. It was. And Topped sh- off a great game for him. It did top off a good game. But yeah, I, I th- it would have been cruel to not win the game off the back of a Sam Davis missed kick. But it was an easy kick and you've, you know, he, he would have been kicking himself for that anyway. So, but yeah, to get the opportunity, because it's not often you get that second chance. So yeah, I, I, a, li- a little bit of luck there, but it's, it's an important win that for the yeah. And I'm sure we're going to come on uh, when we have a look at some of the listeners' questions. I'm sure a few people will be talking about that. And if they're not, I'm going to make sure we talk about that before we talk about that game in detail, though. You would be in detail. It will be in detail. Fifty minutes to that. <laughs> Two minutes to everything else. Any other business? No. No. Well, I tell you what. Let's start. No with, way. Let's start with some other business because it was a hundredth cap for the Ospreys of our good pal and sponsor of this podcast, Scott Otten. So a uh, big tip of the cap to Scott. Well then, Scott. They didn't get the win, but he's, uh, yeah, I can't believe he's racked it. In my head, he's still like, you know, young, it's a lot of caps. Ospreys hooker, and he's got 100 games under his belt. So well done, Scott, for racking those up. And a big thanks for your continued support by sponsoring the podcast with the fantastic So Coffee Trades. And uh, it's a bit late for Christmas now, but if you're struggling in the new year and you need a bit of coffee to keep you going then uh, socoffeetrades.co.uk is the place which most of us will be it's a long it old month be, yeah obviously part of this deal i get free i get free coffee off scott but he uh, he asked me for my address a few my new address a few weeks ago and it's not been forthcoming so i'm going to be giving him a metaphorical kick up the arse to sort me out with that fairly soon you probably guys who are living in your old place are loving it just getting these coffee <laughs> deliveries this is fantastic quite possibly <laughs> But, uh, right, do you want to, we, should we start with listeners' questions or do you want to start with some of the other big news? Should we start with that? Yeah, let's start with the big news. Let's start with some of the Mix big it news. up. Because, yeah, there's been quite a bit by way of transfer news this week. And I suppose none bigger than Liam Williams going back to join the Scarlets as of next season. I suppose not unexpected in terms of him leaving Saracens, given everything that's gone on there. However, is it a bit of a surprise he's gone back to the Ospreys? Ospreys, that would be a surprise. Fair point. Let's try Scarlet. again. Scarlet. <laughs> That's the wedding talking, there. It is, isn't it? Um, if he was going to come back, mm. which he is, it was only surely going to be to the Scarlets with him. But he doesn't need to come back, does he? By way of caps. He could have stayed, he could have gone and played in France or England. Yeah. He likes the he likes the way the Scarlets play, doesn't he? Yeah, I think oh, it, work, I think it work, works well with... Look at the other regions, I think it works well with... With the way in which he runs runs the game, so and he knows it as well. There's familiarity there, isn't there? He's gone, gone over the bridge, achieved a hell of a lot mm. yeah, in yeah, a been, really short period of time. Yeah. I mean, he he's done it, isn't he? Really, he's gone over, got what he needed, and and is coming back. It's quite a nice story, isn't it? Well, it is. Do you think part of it though, being a bit the cynic in me, do you think that perhaps part of it is he'll be more carefully managed when he comes back over the bridge? Whereas if you go to France. You are going to get flogged. You know, there's no rest week in the Six Nations. You're turning up and you're playing fullback for Claremont. Or if you're in England, 
you don't have that level of that level of flexibility. So I know he's he's kind of he's done it with Saris, but do you think part of it is you know not coming towards the end of his career, but by no means a young player anymore? Is part of it now? Well, I want to manage the the best time I've got left, and yeah, I think that will that his advisors would have mentioned that to him, especially when you look at what he's achieved. So if he hadn't achieved what he had done at Saracens, then you you may be likely to push, you know, to push your boat, try a hand maybe in France or somewhere else. Mm. But he's kind of not got away with it because that's, that's the wrong way of looking at it. But he's he's got a huge amount out in a short period of time. Injury-wise, he's he's probably done okay. And mm. now it's time to look after, look after the body and come home. I wonder whether part of this is the... Windfall from CVC, too. Would it help? That means that it's, it it's taken a bit of the, the financial pressure off, which might mean that they're able to keep him and Halfpenny at the Scarlets. Is that something you'd be doing, Dan, if you were in charge down there, or would you be thinking actually, do we need two? Do we need two world-class fullbacks when both of them are going to be in the Wales squad realistically? Yeah, it's again. It's like we've said quite a few times, isn't it? Looking at where you need. I mean, where you need where you need to sign and where you don't. There's something iconic about about Liam Williams. Mm. I think that he, I suppose like Halfpenny, really can play fullback or wing, can't he? Those are his positions. Mm. It's handy that he can play them exceptionally well, left and right wing yeah, and fullback. Yeah, yeah. He can do yeah, a job. Equally, I, I, it's he, been he, a long time since Halfpenny's played on the wing for yeah. any stretch of time, whereas Liam Williams can slot into yeah. any of those, you're right. And he's he's, he's world class in both, both positions, Agreed. isn't he? So, um, he's a he's a peculiar one, really. That I'd say if he comes up and he's a bit and you can get him, then you, you've got to go all out and get Liam Williams because mm. he's just an absolute game changer. But they do need a they do need a centre. Yeah, and would you be thinking with Halfpenny's contract up? Because instantly in my head, I thought, okay, Sanjay in Lee, uh, Lee Halfpenny will be on the way out, and they'll look to to invest that money in you know in potentially in the centres. Do you think that might be the case or? Yeah, I think it potentially could could be the case. I mean, they've got Scarlets have built a lot of depth now, haven't they? Up front, so they've got some good. They've got a good forward platform now. Some big boys as well there, and I just wonder whether they might be able to hang on to to Halfpenny as well, mm-hmm. even when Liam's in there, because it'll 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 help them enormously when he's so steady. And if if you think that Liam may well move to the wing. We'll see. And there's some good yeah, good cropping youngsters there as well, actually, in the in the back three. So quite a few good talented players there. Now of course we are going to talk about review of the Derbies, in particular that stunning win for the Dragons. And we'll also be talking about Cardiff Blues and Ospreys too. But we want to wrap up on a bit of the transfer news and a lot of speculation this week involving one of the players who made a return for the Dragons. Ross Moriarty came off the bench having, you know, obviously put in a, a big performance at Rugby World Cup. A lot of rumours linking him to the Ospreys this week. Would that be a good move for him? Would that be a good move for the Dragons? I've said a lot about this over the last few weeks, Dan. Keen to get your take. I think it would be a good move from from the Dragons mm-hmm. to move Moriarty to the Ospreys. I think it would be a fairly decent move for Moriarty as well. The Ospreys have, haven't got very many back row options no. at all. And if Tipperick does go, they're, 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 so, they're so lightweight in the back row. It's almost frightening. Well, it is frightening. It's worrying, really worrying. I think 
Moriarty will be looking very, very close if he does go, that Tipperick stays, because that's going to be a massive factor, I would have thought, in it. And same, it's, it's a very similar thing with regards to what's happening at the Scarlets. You know, if we're saying that they're able to keep both Liam Williams and Halfpenny, really, the Ospreys, if they're going to invest in Moriarty, you're saying that they need to keep Tipperick there and have, you know, in their, in their first choice 15, have some top international world-class performers in that back row. Yeah, that's how you're going to get the best, isn't it, out of out of your top players is by having great great other players yeah. other players around also forcing you know forcing competition but also allowing you know Tipperick to do what he does and then you know Moriarty could will be playing a very very different role so that that kind of could bring you bring us back to maybe a reason why Moriarty could stay to keep forcing the standards of the back row in the back row in the dragons mm. but i think i think it's Enough has been come out about this that he is he is going to be moving, mm. and uh, David Buttress came out didn't he and had a had a chat on on the weekend on the mics, and it looked as if you know he was basically saying we're we're going to support him in in you yeah. know in his decision. And, and it looked as if there is midweek he was saying this is all speculation. Yeah, you get that it's quite similar to the Hallam Amos situation earlier this year where you just felt like he was going to go. I feel that that's going to be the case for Moriarty. I think so. Yeah, feels that way to me too. And again, he's not he's not necessarily set the world on light for set the world alight for the dragons, but I don't think that's necessarily his own fault. He's been he's he's been forced to do a hell of a lot of work for Wales and really has has had to put in his biggest performances for them. And he's he's had a lot of he's carried a lot of injuries, mm. hasn't he? Um, I mean, on the on the weekend, he he put in some big big some big counter rucking performances, yeah. didn't he? And um, quite a lot of sort of donkey. Donkey work. I think what we saw in the when he was playing over the bridge was really effective carries mm. and b- big bursts, some sort of thirty or forty, you know, yard bursts. We haven't seen that from him, have we? No, I think it's more difficult to do when you've got a, a pack that, in the time that he's been there, has been going on backwards. The back yeah, and hopefully that's not going to be the case as much now. It's, it does look like, although there's not a huge amount coming into that front five, I just think Dean Ryan's getting more out of them, but. I just think it makes sense. As I said last week, we've got a lot of talent in that back row, and then you know some more kids coming through the back row. Obviously, Ollie Griffiths was injured. Harry Keddie didn't feature. Ben Fry didn't feature. Uh, Nick Cudd is still injured, I think. So yeah, it's if you can keep a load of those players now. To be fair, Cudd and Griffiths are always injured, which is a bit of a concern. But if you're able to keep everyone fit, that back, that back row of of Wainwright, Griffiths and Basham is so exciting. It is exciting. Just hope that they can get out on the park. They're all six, seven, eights <laughs> as well, I think. Maybe Wainwright less of a seven, but yeah. they can all comfortably play yeah. seven, eight or six. Yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah I just wanted, we want to see a, a consistent run of games from them. We do. That's going to be the challenge. Let us have a look at some listeners' questions now and let's seamlessly link that through to the Dragon Scarlet's game. This one has come from, from Gareth Davis, who's a regular contributor. How will the Dragons cope when their first team is called up for the Six Nations? Which is a really interesting point. <laughs> Pouring a bit of cold water on my enthusiasm for, for this victory. Just before we get on to answering that question, Dan, I want to get your assessment on this Dragon side. What you've seen this season, including yesterday's win. How far have they moved on? They've moved on a, long, a lot. I was really impressed with that performance yesterday from the Dragons. I thought everything they did, they they did with energy. 
impetus. They were they knew what they were looking to do, and they disrupted. You know, when they didn't have the ball, they disrupted a lot as well. It was, it was from the pack side of things. The pack has, has been bullied a lot. I didn't see that. Mm. Didn't see that yesterday. They were up for it. Every single one from you know front five put in a massive performance. Yeah. Back row did what they always do, but it's that front five I think that we haven't seen from the Dragons put in such a big uh, sort of, I suppose, dominant-ish performance, really, where they were smashing, clearing out. There was a real aggression with them. Yeah, they, they, they didn't want to let the boys down. They didn't want to let their neighbours down, their friends down they were working with them. And that's what's been missing. And a lot of that has to have come from from Dean Ryan. You can see the way he talks. He's so measured, isn't mm. he, saying, look, you know, we're going to go out there. It's going to be another learning, learning experience for us. He's just playing it very coolly, very cutely. And I think it's had a big effect on the old buzzword of the culture around the camp. I think it's really important. And it's not just culture, right? Because I think the, the culture thing is important, definitely. And yeah, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. Wherever you work, there has to be a good culture. Because otherwise, the minute cracks start to appear, people start pointing at one another and it all becomes very, very... It can become poisonous very, very quickly. And I think that has happened in the, at the Dragons in the past, no doubt about it. It's like... That's definitely one thing he's done well. But secondly, he's such an experienced coach. If you look at that front five, which is vastly improved, the reality is that there's not really any players who've gone in to, to bulk it up. You know, yeah. what he's what he's done really well is he's getting performances out of the likes of Joe Davis and Screech and Leon Brown and, and you know Brock Harris has been a has been a you know, consistent performer for a long time. But you're seeing much more from them as a collective unit, because really on paper you look at that front five. If you showed that to you know to, to most kind of fans of English Premiership, they go, "Who the hell are they? you know?" It's, oh, I know Elliot D. Oh yeah, I've heard of Leon Brown. Who are these other guys? They wouldn't know who they were, but they did. They've done a really good job at keeping the side competitive throughout this year, and that that is really important. And I always said that I thought the game against Scarlets would be a true test of how far they've come, and, and to come out of it with a win was was absolutely massive because. We could have been sat here and they trailed off in the second half and they lost 30 points to 17. And we all went, oh, yeah, still a massive step forward. To actually get out of there with a win, I think, is huge. Yeah, a lot, and a lot of that does, I think, come down to the, the belief that he's instilled in them as individuals. So a lot of those guys probably were doubting themselves. Mm. You know, Leon Brown, you know, Joe Davis, players like that. Now, you know, Joe Davis, he, was, he, was, he had a massive game for me. Mm. Huge, huge, big, big display. Leon Brown did in the lot a lot in the loose up front as well. I thought they were you know they won a good number of scrums, which hasn't tended to happen. No. So I think he's put a big belief into he's instilled a big belief into the into the Dragons players. They don't want to lose. They don't want to let anyone down. They don't want to let him down. And he's also gone back to basics and looked at what this side can do, and that's going to be tackle tackle the guts yeah. out play aggressively, good line speed, because the line yeah. speed was really good. It was. And, you know, be direct. And he's kind of, he simplified the game, like what Gatlin did for Wales mm. when he first came in, and to be fair, tended to keep to that process yeah. all the way through because it, it worked. And that's what Dean Ryan's coming in. And that is, comes back to your point probably of experience. Mm. He's not looking to reinvent the wheel and you know, play in areas that the Dragons probably maybe, you know, one in 10 things would come off. He's like, this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it well. And before that, it's, there was people have attempted to do it, but it's not easy to do, is it? To go back to basics, you know, how he, that must be easy. Mm. But it isn't. 
Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Let's go to this this point then, I suppose the, the cautionary word. How will the Dragons cope when the first team is called up for Six Nations? Well, I think they've got a, a lot better chance now, haven't they, of coping of coping with uh, the, the players that are going to be, are going mm. to be uh, m- moving on to the Welsh camp. It isn't going to be easy, but I, th- I, think, I think they're going to be all right. I think that's where the problem is, actually, and it is the depth in that squad, and in particular, certain positions. You know, again, like if Leon Brown gets called up for Wales, now I still think Leon's got a way to go to become an international prop, and part of me just thinks the best thing for him to do is just carry on playing for the yeah. Dragons week in, week out. And I, if he does end up getting called up, because realistically I can't see him featuring for the test side no, I can't uh, see in that. the Six Nations unless there's a lot of injuries. So I suppose Thomas Francis is out, isn't he? So you, know, you never know. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's one of those where I think it's players like that that's going to hit. You know, Elliot will go up and, uh, and play for them, but Hibbard will, will come in and do a, will come in and, and do a sterling job again. They've got Jarvis fit now as well. I think that's yeah, that's definitely a help. Just having that experience in and around the, the match day twenty three. But yeah, I, I think it will. I think it will be a. It will be hard. You know, you're losing Wainwright in there again. There's every chance if Griffiths is fit, Griffiths might feature it, in that squad. It would affect them, but mm. when you look at the other squads, the Dragons, you know, are quite well, probably quite well placed to be able to handle this potentially. Well, better than they ever have been before. Yeah. Back row, they've got players that can. They have that can come in. It's in key positions, Dan. That's the thing, though. And I think it he's is. made a real difference having Corey Hill back lately. Yeah. Even though he's been playing six, which we'll talk about. It's that reassuring. Yeah. He's just such but a again, reassuring. Again, I tell you what was really interesting was Whitehouse at one point just going, "Hey, Corey, you're not this man. This man number yeah. nine is number nine is the captain today. Yeah, you're not the captain today. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I I think that, but that's the that's the that's the influence he has on the pitch. And I think it's, it's the, the leader same. in him. It's actually the same for Wales. You know, I think I think he's a pretty big voice when he's when he's playing for Wales too. So well, you can see how much Gatland rated yeah. him by keeping him in the camp for that whole period. Yeah, I mean it's almost unheard of it is, with really. an injury like he had. So you you think uh, Dragons will be okay? I think we're going to struggle a bit more, but at the same time, well, I think they're going to struggle. Mm. But I think this year mm. they've got the best chance of actually, um, you know, getting getting a couple of wins during the period. I think it's about Europe this year. Actually, I, I really think they've got a great opportunity. Get out of that pool, get a quarter final, get a quarter final or semi final run, and that's something that people can really build on. And yes, yeah. you, know, you don't want to get thumped in the league because it's gonna, it's going to hurt. But I, th- I think he's going to have to manage the squad in a way that that gives them every chance in the the Challenge Cup. Because this is a new look Dragons, right? The players they're going to be coming in when. Wainwright, Elliot D oh. do step up to the to the Welsh squad. They're going to actually want to be there and be yeah. like, right, we we've got to hold on to the shirt, which beforehand should have been there, yeah. but because of the losses, because of you know a lot of the stuff off the field, it's not. Well, I think those senior wouldn't players, be as attractive. Those senior players who are in the side at the time probably looked into the eyes. Oh, another forty point hiding coming here, and you can tell, and that that just isn't the case now. So I think that's the that's the encouraging thing, but. Look, I think you've only got to look back a few weeks, and we got humped by Zebra, and that can, you know, that can kind of tell you everything you need to know. So it is going to be very difficult, but at the same time, I don't think it's the be all and end all. If you can go on a good European run and put together some important wins in the derby games and stuff like that, that's going to be a hell of a lot to build on going into next season. I think. All right, there we go. Uh, let's do one more about the Dragons, then we'll take a quick break. And I alluded to it there. This one's coming from Nick Humphrey. Is Corey Hill's future at six? 
I think he can do a job, a very good job at six. So he's a big six, isn't he? Mm. Carries a good bit of weight. Yeah. Um, but I think for his, we've got a, the, the Dragons have got a lot of a lot of back row options, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I think it's just fantastic that he's versatile enough to go, yeah, to to be in the second row or the back row. But I would say second row is um, is where I would have him. Hundred percent. He's especially with the Welsh as being light light up there. As yeah, well. I, I think he's undoubtedly a second row, and like you say, he's he's got a lot of bulk about him because he is he's been playing second row for five years, really. And yeah, I think that's his best position. I think he's a really good athletic second row, hits rucks, offers you a good carrying option, and he's getting he's got you know plenty of work rate around the park. So for me, undoubtedly he's a, he's a second row, and uh, yeah, for for club and country. Oh, we nailed that one pretty quickly, Dan. Time for a quick break. Full agreement. <laughs> Pop the kettle on. More listeners' questions coming up after the break and, of course, more reaction to the Welsh derbies. We're going to be previewing the Christmas derbies too as well. So loads still to come. Don't go anywhere. Stay with the attacking scrum. This is Keelan Giles, and you're listening to Attacking Scrum, sponsored by So Coffee Trades. Right, Dan, let's take this one from, uh, from your mate, Harry Owen. Yes, Harry. With the departure of Brad Moore looking like a done deal, is he making the right choice for his career? Head coach, is that better than assistant attack coach? I feel he's making the right choice for him mm. going going to New Zealand, yeah. going back to New Zealand. It's the All Blacks. So even though positional-wise it's almost a step down in terms of title, mm. it's a step up because oh, it's the All Blacks. So. Yeah. It's the... It's, to be involved in the All Blacks setup in any capacity is just huge. So, I, I yeah, he's got to, he's got to take it, and he, and he is taking it. You don't kind of buy into this. Ian Foster's taking over a poison chalice. All Blacks aren't what they once were. Does it hold the same degree of credibility that it once did? Just again, playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. I don't think so. It, it's it's the All Blacks, isn't it? You know, an incredible side, incredible history. Their winning, their winning run is phenomenal, and it's it's going to be a real challenge because of that to keep that whole to keep it to keep it moving, and probably could be the most challenging time of all to be involved in the All Blacks. So everyone's looking to challenge themselves. I think those those coaches they're not looking to go into a role where it's just going to be absolutely you know easy street, and they're going to have to do some different things. To, to to remain, I suppose, at the top of the tree. Mm. So I think it is a super challenge. And from a coaching perspective, they're all going to really, really have to pull together and work together to to keep the uh, the All Blacks right at the top there. Yeah, I think they are. And I think if you've got... I'm not saying he's going to become All Blacks head coach necessarily, but I do think that, yes, he might be going as assistant attack coach, but they like to promote... From within, don't they? You know, as we've seen, Hanson taking over from Henry, Foster taking over from from whether or not he was first choice or not. That's what's ended up happening. And so, I think I think it'd be a great career move for him. And I think it's just unfortunate timing because if it, this had been at the end of a two year spell, I think most people would be saying, "Yeah, great tip of the uh, tip of the Peaky Blinders cap to you, Bradmore." But it's come at a really unfortunate time that he's only really had a few months in charge in the, in the role and. He's going to be he's going to be moving on fairly soon, so it's almost a bit of a 
a bit of a cruel blow that you you can see what he's what he's capable of. But I'm with you. I think for I think for the sake of his career, it, I'm afraid it, it just is. I think any international rugby is big, but the All Blacks is is even bigger. I feel it's difficult as well because he's come across so well. So mm. even even non Scarlet fans, but actually fans of Welsh rugby, are, are enjoying him his presence mm. because he's making. <clears throat> I think he's making the league better. He's a character. He's yeah, a personality. Yeah, yeah. He's genuine. And he's, there's a bit of fun, a bit of humour there as well. So it's, 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 he's adding a lot, and um, we're going to miss that. Yeah, absolutely agree. Let's let's go on and have a chat about the other game this weekend, which I know you uh, you've caught some of, haven't you? You didn't manage to catch all of that bits and bobs, yeah. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll certainly fill you in on that deliberately bits and bobs because uh, otherwise I would have been uh, called out for watching too many Cardiff Blues games. <laughs> Not quite, that's, that's not quite true. Limiting, limiting <laughs> yourself now. It's uh, yeah, it was an interesting game. That two sides have been in pretty poor form. I know Cardiff Blues have, have recovered a bit of late, but Ospreys have had a stinking season so far. And that's the first time I think since two thousand five or two thousand six that yeah. Cardiff have won away at the Ospreys. That to me is really really telling. And normally I ignore a lot of those statistics. And there's probably a couple of judgment days in there as well that that mean it's not quite a direct like-for-like like comparison. But what it does kind of illustrate, even if it's just a headline, the Ospreys used to be so hard to be at home. Like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if they were going out of the Heineken Cup in the pool stages. You didn't beat them at home. You know, they just, they, they so were it was so, so tough. It, it was, was a fortress, fortress, yeah. Yeah, really difficult. Strangled games. Yeah. Big forward forward display. And at times, in that game against Kyle, they were playing against 13 men. Couldn't put it you couldn't put it to bed. It, I, know, I know there's injuries and stuff there at the moment, but they really could have used a win there to to bolster their their confidence going into Christmas. Well, that's now only so they've got one win out of the last twelve games, haven't they? Nice start. So it's eleven losses. Mm. That's huge. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely huge, and it's, it's really really hard to see how how they're going to turn it around. I think they need to just make they not make any a coaching appointment, but this whole Mike Ruddock in for a month. We said this last week. Someone has to be in charge of that. They need more men in terms of coaching ability. It looks as though Sherrett and Hogg are doing everything with Ruddock somewhere in the background. Just you need someone in as a proper head coach until the end of the season. So difficult, isn't it, though, to find someone at this mm. time of the, this point of the season? It's going to be so. It's going to be someone on an interim basis. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's fine. I, but I would rather have that and then find the right. But the to right find anyone is going to be tricky. Yeah, I think at this time of the year. Yeah, if they can find right, them, yeah. yeah. If they can find them, I think the fact that they're doing what they're doing is probably because there isn't there isn't too many out there. But we spoke about Moriarty in the first half. Is it much more important that they? find the right coach and you know perhaps put extra funds towards getting someone who is an experience. I'm not going to say a world-class coach because they said that last time and with the greatest respect to Alan Clark, they ended up with Alan Clark. But is it much more important that they end up with an experienced coach who's going to be able to move that side on? Because Alan Clark wasn't that. You know, he wasn't an experienced head coach. And really, you know, they didn't move any any further forward than they did under Steve Tandy. We've seen it with a number of sides, haven't we, that have struggled, probably consistently struggled for a long time. A very, very strong coach has come in. Mm. Coach, stroke director of rugby, or just out-and-out coach. 
and has changed the fortunes of of that particular region mm. or or club side. Yeah. So for me, yeah, it's the most important the most important thing of all is to get the coaching right. You say that it would be difficult to find someone. Do they have the answer under their nose and Mike Ruddock should just be doing his job till the end of the season? Like and by this job I mean head coach. He comes in, he picks the side, he dictates kind of how the coaching is done and he he divvies that up amongst Hogg and Sherrett and Richie Pooh and whoever else the the coaches. Yeah, potentially they do, don't they? I mean he's got a lot of experience. They need an experienced coach mm. in there. Someone that's been around the block quite a lot, you know, knows the game inside inside now, and then the younger guys can or the and the lesser experienced guys can learn from. So it's my understanding that Reddick's in there in a consultancy role, but he's not on the park. He's, Is he's that act, right? He's actually looking at this, the, the, the sort of the way in which the club is run mm. from a rugby point of view. I think I might be wrong. They, we need, probably need to get him get him involved in a, in a bigger role. But you maybe get, get that tracksuit on, get the boots on, and absolutely. get him out there. Maybe this is part of it, though. He's looking at it. He's going to come up with what his findings are, and then he'll be and his a, findings are appoint me till the end of the exactly, season. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Add another zero to, to the salary. Exactly. This is what you need to do. And I think the person you need is Ruddock. Oh, that's myself. <laughs> I said, I'm imagining him just turning over that page on a flipboard. Yeah. Just going, yeah, the answer is Me. this guy. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. But I don't know. I, I, part of me wonders that it can't be, it can't be worth having someone like Ruddock. If it didn't work, you know, from now to the end of the season, fine. But there's so much experience there that I think that would, that would definitely help. I know it's been a while since he coached a top flight professional side but nonetheless I don't know I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be looking at that as a, as a, sh- as a short term solution while they go out and try and find someone to, to come in and yeah, take over a, the reins quite a lot of it as well it, it can be linked to it's quite it'd be a smart move because he is a, he's from that way mm. isn't he he's the Ospreys need some certainty so I think having I think he's a Gwent, I think he's a Gwent boy originally oh, but he spent but he, spe- he played for Swansea he played for yeah. Swansea didn't he yeah. so, there's, so there's a link up there the Ospreys at the moment need uh, they, they need some certainty. So with him being there on a monthly, I just think it doesn't help. Does it no, now? The speculation with Tipperick, is he going? Is he not? The, the, the squad's being so threadbare. They need to get a figurehead in there that's actually in for a period of time. Mm. So if they have got question marks over his coaching, what has he done of late, things like that, I think it would still be a very good move to get him in there, give him the role, for that period of time, and actually try and build, you know, build some, uh, build some consistency. Then, yeah, look, I don't, I, I think that's that's definitely the case. Uh, Cardiff Blues, in amongst all of that, there was, uh, to be honest, it was kind of a typical Cardiff Blues performance. Really, they showed some brilliant glimpses, and none more so than the the try which uh, Thomas Williams set up for for Jared Evans, a really nice little perfectly weighted dink over the top. They've been enjoying these little dinks, haven't mm. they, two of them? Yeah, they have. And, you know, that's again, that's the frustrating thing, I think, is that, I know I say this every week, but if they could have invested in the right areas, as brilliant as Josh Adams is, and as I'm still a big fan of Amos, they could have got an out-and-out bastard second row in there. And actually, do you know what? I've actually, even, you know, Philo Paolo coming on, I know he got yellow-carded, and, he pro- and there was a point where it looked like he could have got a red. <laughs> 
But do you know what? I want, I want to see a massive second row out there taking lumps out of people and smashing people around the park. I think they've been, and he might be 400 years old as well, but I think they're actually benefiting from having a proper out-and-out second row in the, in the squad. I just think if they'd have done that recruitment right, they, they could have been a lot more competitive. Will Boyd is playing some brilliant rugby for them. I mean, what a signing he's been. Great signing. Absolutely superb. And thank God we've been able to keep him in Wales because he has done a brilliant job there. You know, he's, he's captain in them now he as well, captain, isn't he? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that shows kind of everything that he's... Uh, shows the kind of the, the leadership he's bringing. He's only, t- only 24, I think, Will Boyd as well. So there's a lot more to come from him. But I just think with, a few, you know, with the right reinforcements up front, they could really have, have built something big. But... They they're having to rely on not individual brilliance, but they don't have necessarily as much ball as as you would like to, to get that backline flowing. There is quite a lot of individual. I think you're you're right with that. Mm. But there are some individual moments of brilliance from the the centres or Jared doing something yeah. or Thomas Williams. Uh, so it's not it's not so collective, is it, at the moment? And that's probably because of yeah the front five not being not being uh, as strong as they could be then. Here's one for you, and I think you've seen this much of the game. First half, Matthew Morgan makes a break from fullback and ends up kicking the ball out on the full. Have you seen that bit? No. Oh, uh, right. Well, sub-question to it. So basically, there's a bit of space out wide. Morgan is... Oh, is yes, I have, yeah. And Scott Williams tracks a... back well, Yeah. but Nipper ends up kicking the ball and it yeah. goes out on the full. And he's got someone out on the, on the he's right. He's got someone out on the right, but also, I'm just going... Nipper at his best is cutting inside and he is skinning Scott Williams on the inside and he's gunning it for gunning it for the for the poles. Part of me, I don't know, part of me wonders whether he's had that kind of that maverick nature of him coached out of him a little bit. And to be fair, I think he's played some of his best rugby at Cardiff Blues, but it's oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the the ongoing enigma that is watching Matthew Morgan play and just thinking That highlight's real. That highlight's is. real is oh. the best in the world, I think. Like it's it's just incredible. It's like Mackenzie, isn't it? When you yeah. see some of that stuff, I mean, yeah, I did see that <clears throat> awful kick, mm. and yeah, either he should have gone himself, or or, or, yeah, or, or put in or, uh, Owen Lane, or put in Owen Lane. Yeah, there we are. But there's not too many of those we see. No, no, that's true. And uh, it's all yeah. part of the master plan. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope it all comes together, man. I I just love watching him play. Yeah. But it, it wasn't it wasn't his fight. It wasn't his finest game, and. Let us have a quick look at this one, and this is from, uh, yeah, actually, we, we spoke about this last week, Murph, but I wanted to get your take on it. This one is from uh, from Ben. Do we need to consider re it for the Six Nations squad for experience, if nothing else? I know you've seen, well, you see, I think you claim to have seen a bit of him play. I think, again, most of it is you watching highlights reels. It's, highlight, it? yeah. it's highlights, yeah, not not the full game. Yeah. I saw Murph was really going into it, wasn't he? Yeah. Fair play. Um, he looks good Yeah, from the highlights reel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, why not? Well, how many, uh, how many realistically back three players do you think we're going to have in the, in the Six Nations squad? Well, we could have him in, we could have him in the we could have him in potentially. This was the the training what, squad. Yeah, the training squad initially, just to get him in and around that camp. He's not going to get anywhere near, is he, the first team? At all. Well, I don't think but so. I mean, you, you'd presume that... We've got a lot of yeah. back you know, back three players, mm. back three options. But, yeah, get him in that wider squad initially. 
Yeah. Can't, there's, there's no negative that can come from that, really, is there? Well, no, it's just as long as he's, as long as he's there on merit and, you know, he's, he's certainly playing very well, but you want him to be topper, you know, you, you want that, however many it is, seven or eight players who are in the in the back three in that even in that wider training yeah. squad you want them all to, you want them to be the best eight players I think yeah definitely I think and we'll... you know unless number eight is a you know the, the eighth best back three player is a you know a 32 year old who perhaps doesn't have that long left we... hypothetically you he's know be, he's being talked a lot about isn't he in England at the moment and mm. I think potentially we have been a little bit slow with reacting to players when they are playing at the top of their game England tend to to, to go through a lot of players don't they Bring them into the, bring mm. them into the team if they're not quite if they're not quite good enough then they, they will move them back out again but we've been quite slow at you know if you're in if you're in the setup it's almost quite difficult it's been quite difficult to get out of it but we have but so I, I think yeah I, I I'd like to see a little bit more of that all right fair enough I'm just going to finish on this one because this is a rather cheeky question from uh, from our good mate Kai Griffiths obviously formerly of formerly the Ospreys and uh, now at London Welch uh, Welch. London Welsh as, uh, as what is he head coach, director of rugby, isn't he? Director of rugby, and yeah. Director of rugby. Uh, he's rather cheeky said, is this the greatest time in Dragons history? Probably because I've been banging on about it a little bit. <laughs> That's for you. But sadly, it, I mean, it's not because I think that first season under Ruddock was very, very strong. Yet here we find ourselves, however many years later, 15 years later, with the Ospreys at the worst time in their history, Kai's old club, and... Uh, they're looking to rely on Mike Ruddock to get them out of this hole. And, you know, Dragons are building on something now. That's why it's exciting, because the kids are really, really good, right? Wayne Wright, we've seen it already. Basham is going to get capped for Wales this year. I've no doubt about it. He's comfortably good enough. And then you look at some of the other players around there, players like Rodri Williams and Sam Davis, who've got their careers back on track. And Hugh you know, has played well. Hugh, again, that break, that break to that break was to set up the to set up the not easy, brilliant. was it? You know, it was, lot it was on. good just to stay in field there, and, and the break he made broke through a number of tackles. He broke through a number of tackles when we've been struggling to make line breaks in that second half, and that's when people start doing silly things and defenders start making rash mistakes, yeah. and that's what the, that's what the penalty came from. And the forwards, the forwards were fit as well, weren't they? Because they went through, you know, they really yeah. hit and and secured that ball well, which they did all night. So. I thought I thought Talbot Davis, the fullback, played well as well. Young young guy yeah. in the back there. Yeah, he had, a, he had a solid game. Kind of wing, winger by trade, really, as well. I think he's done, done a good job there. Did a good job. For... Sam, I think Sam Davis as well. We have to we have to have a quick chat about Sam Davis. He's yeah. been brilliant since he's been there. Constantly chirping, constantly talking throughout the whole game, bossing the forwards around, controlling the backs. He just seems to be really enjoying himself, doesn't he? Do you know what? It's really interesting. Again, about a year ago, I think. Murph's, you know, and Dragons are going through another one of their awful spells. I think we had Murph on. He said, he said, I'll tell you what, you could do worse than picking up an experienced number 10 because you manage the game when you're on back foot. And obviously, I was thinking, no, you've got it all about strengthening that tight five, strengthen that tight five. And he's done exactly that. You know, he's, he's managed games really, really well. And again, from a, from a managerial perspective, Obviously, something wasn't right down at the Ospreys. You know, I, I found it really strange that first se- that first game in the eighteen nineteen season, they picked Luke Price over over him, and that basically said, "Yeah, I know Price ended up breaking his leg, but that was a really big call to go right. This guy's going to be our ten for the season." And then Sam Davis had to come in and, and fill in afterwards. And he's a confidence player, Sam Davis. I don't know him, but you you can see the way he plays. Well, he's like that, anyone. 
Every, everyone plays on confidence, don't they? Yeah. And he's, a, he's got a great kicking game. But you see the difference. Like you see, like if that if you drop down bigger, I think he thinks I'm going to go away. I'm going to work ten times as hard, and I'm getting that shirt back. Whatever. And you get the. I think you can kind of get the best out of him. I think Sam Davis might be. And again, like I said, I don't know him, but I get the feeling from the way he plays. Might be you need a bit more arm around the shoulder. You know, positive reaffirming that that he's that he is as good a player as as we know he can be. And however Dean Ryan's coaching him, he's, he's got the best out of him. Yeah, and Dean Ryan's very cleverly again, hasn't he? Identified that about about Sam Davis that they've made him the main guy. Mm. Actually, come out and said that. So possibly that is linked to his confidence. You know, knowing that you know because Dean Ryan's come out and said this guy is running our training sessions. So much so that we've almost have to have to stop him talking, so that the other guys are actually uh, developing without his presence. How good would you feel as a player knowing that your your head coach, your director of rugby, is talking about you in that vein? Hundred percent. It's a massive, massive, um, good you know, good good bit of man management from Dean Ryan. Exactly what's needed. The, the guy running the ship from ten, just knowing that my coach backs me and backs me to the hilt, and possibly that's come out of the fact that. You know, when he was at the Ospreys, the Ospreys coach didn't. So he's gone, right, I'll just completely reverse it and now we'll see the best out of Sam Davis. And to be fair, he's won the game, hasn't he, this weekend off the back of that kick. Brilliant. Absolutely. Well, look, before we go, we're going to have to talk about the the upcoming fixtures. So what we're going to do is, obviously, the Christmas break is coming up. So we're going to preview these games now and then we'll be back to do a review of all of the games all the, all the festive fixtures, we'll be doing that in the new year. And in between Christmas and New Year, Dan and I will be picking our Wales team of the decade. So you're still going to get your fix of the attacking scrum. But in the meantime, let us have a preview of those games. Let's start. How excited are you by the uh, by the upcoming fixtures? Cardiff Blues Dragons at at, um, at uh, Cardiff Arms Park and Scarlet's Ospreys at Park Scarlet's. Really looking forward to the... Cardiff Blues versus the Dragons. Mm-hmm. That's set to be a cracker, isn't it? Big, uh, big crowd going to be there at the Arms Park for that. Yeah, I think so. In fact, that that reminds me, Dan. We've I've, I've um, skipped over a, a question we had in from Ian Alexander. Both derbies had pretty poor attendances. Was this because of the late kickoff times, wrong time of year, or is it simply that people don't want to watch the regions because the ticket sales seem to be doing a lot better for the Boxing Day games. What do you think about that? I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit of both. The time kickoff times weren't great, yeah. and also the time of the year is it's a, it's a, oh, cha- it's a Saturday for Christmas. It's a challenging it? yeah. time. You, 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 you're going to have things on, probably three or four events, and you just can't get away to the rugby for that. So appetite's there for these games. We've seen that because they're, the games are going to be sellouts yeah. around Boxing Day. And you know Cardiff, Cardiff are getting in more emergency standing, aren't they? Um, so the appetite's there. It's just... Get Saturday before Christmas. Yeah, look, I think I think that's what it is, and I think you've got to be so clever with these regional, uh, sorry, with the the derby games because they are the ones that we know cultivate the most interest. Quite rightly, would we be better off starting the season with a you know the the Judgment Day style thing there, even if even if it wasn't at the Millennium, and it was just you know derbies on the opening day of the season. I think that's a good way to kick it off, isn't it? Yeah, really. It really sort of gives a bit of a catalyst to the, to yeah. the whole thing, doesn't it? Rather than on the twentieth of December, when, as you say, people are people's minds are elsewhere, going wrong. We've got to get last minute Christmas yeah. shopping, whatever. Yeah, you can't you can't get the time then, can you? Something else I want to throw at you here at this point. I'm obviously getting far too excited about the prospect of a British and Irish league. 
but part of me, I was, I was mulling over my head watching those two games, thinking, right, we know that, and the atmosphere sounded really good at Rodney Parade, and I just thought, like, how much better would a fixture list look? Even if, like, say, you know, Dragon, because realistically, this season, Dragons, Cardiff Blues would be in, like, a second division of a, of a British and Irish league. But still, if you had the likes of Leicester, London Irish in there, they're way more appealing fixtures, aren't they, than, than having than having the Zebras and the, the Cheetahs and Southern Kings. It just feels like it's a much oh, more yeah. meaningful competition if you were to have that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I haven't, I'm not giving it much thought. Just well, in I case, have. I'm daydreaming. But just, yeah. in case it, <laughs> just in case it doesn't happen because it's torturous. But yeah, be, I mean... Yes, so much better. If you took, you, we, you know, if you took the bottom half. So hang on, let's see what we got. So it's fourteen sides in the league at the moment. Uh, you sack off the four who are from outside the British Isles. It's four, isn't it? Yeah, two Italians and two yeah. South Africans, and then you end up with the twelve English sides plus those ten. So you've got twenty-two. So you've got two teams of eleven there. Let's say you take yeah you so you take the bottom five sides from from the Celtic regions and the yeah. bottom and what's that the bottom six from the Premiership yes so right now as it stands you'd have Bath London Irish Wasps Leicester Saracens Worcester <laughs> chucked, How good yeah, chucked in with uh, yeah you chucked in with whoever would be in there I don't know yeah, yeah maybe Dragons Cardiff Blues and yeah Connacht or yeah. You know some of those sides, like it's just different, different level. It is though, isn't it? On every and, and if it was a, a tiered structure as well, you've then got them battling out for battling out for for actually going up. You know, which which would be a huge incentive, absolutely huge. Sold. Yeah, I'm sold. Just uh, yeah, obviously, you know that's um remains to be seen whether that is the case. Let's have a preview of these uh, these fixtures then, Dan. Cardiff Blues versus Dragons. Can the Dragons build on that and get another win, or will Cardiff Blues build on their win and and get the job done at home? Dragons will go there with a lot of confidence. Mm. They're gonna they're gonna fancy it. It's gonna be a humdinger, that. I think it is. I the think that's real the... belter. That's the one. Yeah. Drag... Do you want to get off the fence and give us a give us a prediction? Dragons win. Really? Let's go with it. Dragons win for me. You're not going to go against your own side, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I have done consistently for the three years we've done this I think yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so difficult I think they're really going to be up for this yeah go on Dragons by two look at this let's have it Scarlet Ospreys Dan I can't see anything other than a comfortable Scarlet win there Scarlet's win there we go but look, we'll be back to, to do a deep dive on those in the uh, in the new year enjoy all of the rugby that is coming up over this time. Enjoy the festive period as well. And we'll be back to chat rugby with you in the new year. But don't miss the uh, definitely not pre-recorded team of the year, which will be coming out in between Christmas and New Year as well. Thanks for listening this year. And we'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.